Hey, welcome back to the Question Mark Show, episode 14. I'm almost certain I confirmed that this is in fact uh, the right number for the show. It has been some time since the last uh, since the last show. I'm not used to like looking at my threads and seeing mostly like articles. A lot of these articles are not like extensive at all in any way, but um, that's been most of uh, the stuff that I've done. The last time I posted a podcast was in August, August 17th. I think I did a live thing and then like maybe forgot to properly record it or something. Uh, yeah, August 24th, I actually did. I was able to post it. It's probably not available anymore because I did it on Twitch, but like, hoops. Um, but that was Road to 124 stuff, and I haven't posted a proper questionable show since uh, May 30th of 2021. Wahoo. Um, I was talking through a lot of like, uh, league issues that I saw and improvements that I thought could be made, um, which I'm sure would be very interesting to look back on. A lot has changed since then. I joined HO, so like, hopefully made some changes that made some improvements. Uh, I had a lot of big ideas kind of coming in, but like, just have to be more realistic about the kind of manpower we have right now and like what can and should be done. It's been interesting. It's been an interesting tenure in head office so far. But I don't think I've talked about that at all on a podcast, which makes sense because I don't I don't remember when I joined HO for an internship. That would it, it, it's it's been a while. Um, and then after a season of internship, joined HO proper. And, uh, yeah, we're chilling. We're vibing. We're punishing lots of, I mean, it's actually, it's been, it's been solid. Uh, it was, uh, really hectic when I first got into head office as far as punishments going on. It's kind of stressful. It kind of, um, I don't, it, it put a lot of stress on like my early tenure in, uh, in head office. Um, but things have been a lot better since then. And I think overall my, over the stretch of my tenure, the head office and the league in general has remained relatively drama free. I say, finding my nearest wooden surface to knock on. Um, I think so. I think that's right. Um, you know, there's been some concerns with kind of activity overall dying down, but we're seeing that across every sim league. Um, just more and more of a return to normal life. There's a lot of people that just weren't able to balance uh, the two things once we kind of got out of I mean, still are trying to get out of COVID, but like things have returned to some sense of normalcy. Um, 
And yeah, you know, that's tough. Uh, it's tough to see kind of retention dip down. Uh, and really, I know it's been really tough on everybody in recruitment to like feel like nothing's working. Um, and it's hard. And, and, you know, they've been doing a lot of interesting stuff to try to do new stuff. But like, I don't know. If it just like doesn't work, it just doesn't work. Um, trying to find people to get into this is pretty tough. But, uh, especially, you know, we're just, we've reached a certain tap on people we can pull out of r slash NFL. And hopefully here and there we're picking up people from our affiliate league leagues. Um, but even, you know, that kind of activity isn't always, you know, you have some people that it can be super users across multiple leagues, but like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I've like, I've totally fallen off of SHL at this point. Um, and with things seeming to be rather chaotic over there as of recent, I'm not going to speak too much to that, but, um, maybe that seems to be, uh, the right decision. <laughs> Um, you know, I still update fairly regularly and I think my player is still like on a pretty good track. So like that stuff is still good to like fill out rosters and stuff, but like, I don't know. I don't think this league needs to like really be constantly growing. And I think if we can hold retention pretty well and grow a little bit here and there and introduce some new blood here and there. I don't, I, I just, I like the community we have, um, and I like the people that are here, and I think as long as we are kind to one another, best we can, um, and, like, don't put up with toxic behavior as much as we can, uh, I think it's a pretty sustainable community. Uh, weird rollout, I just kind of... I don't know. Started getting into things. Uh, for quest for the person. Um, I don't. I. I be, Yeah. If I recorded in August, I was already back in the UK. So I'm hanging out here. Uh, having a good time. Popping into the pub. And uh, doing all that. It's actually good. I've been able to get up to a lot of shows on West End. Um, and see a lot of stuff, and uh, that's been really nice. Um, theater is one of my original loves. It's uh, what I got my undergraduate degree in, um, and it's good to get more kind of exposure to that uh, here and there. Seen some uh, some smaller theater stuff, seen some bigger theater stuff. Went and saw uh, James McAvoy in Surrounded Bergerac pretty recently, which was really cool. Because I like that guy as an actor a lot. Um, and yeah, otherwise just hanging out. <laughs> Crunk wanted me to talk about Vimto in the question thread. Vimto is great, man. Squash in general is just something that the U.S. is missing out on. It's just like, it's juice concentrate that you can just keep in your cupboard. Um, and Vimto is just like a particular like <sighs> blend of fruit. It is not any distinct fruit as much as it is flavored in the flavor of Vimto. Uh, but it's great, man. There's a couple of variations. I like the, like, pink, tropical-y Vimto sometimes. Uh, I'll get, like, a bottle of, like, sparkling water sometimes to, like, mix in with the squash. That's great. 
Uh, it's wonderful. Um, and it f- it feels healthier than like American drinks. It's probably not, but like I can trick myself about it. So that's great. Love it. Um, should have squash in the US. I don't know why we don't. It's 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 stupid. Um, but yeah, enjoying everything in the UK. Um, was supposed to get back to the US in February, but um, kind of um, Omicron things in in the UK were pretty uh, pretty crazy, and didn't want to uh, didn't want to take the risk going back. So hopefully, get back before too long. I have some like uh, <laughs> talked about this in various chats, like rookie chat and other places, like uh, fast foods that I miss and stuff sometimes from the US. I got to uh, there was like a there's like a couple of different locations for Wendy's in the US era sorry in the UK in London and uh, got to was around near one of them and got to eat a baconator for the first time in like a while that was fun um yeah I've been uh, in the middle of a graduate program right now just been pretty all right, you know, um, hasn't been like super busy, which has been kind of nice. It's been a little laid back, um, things with like projects and stuff definitely get busier, but like overall I can still, I don't know. Once I get into working more, I don't know if like activity and siblings in general drop off a lot more, but like we're chilling for now. I, uh, I definitely like feel the want to like pull back on siblings a little bit um, and kind of miss some of the simple pleasures of early sibling time of just being a fairly new user. And at this point too, I have a really big bank account and like can just lay back and like only do whatever I want to. Um, And so I think I'll get back to that point probably with the new create and kind of pull back from other stuff I'm doing. Um, yeah, cause that sounds like fun. <laughs> sounds like good to just, I know some people don't ever enjoy the sim or the, their players or anything, but like, I don't know. I couldn't keep going if I didn't really enjoy my player and really enjoy the team that I'm playing for and enjoy like the, the football aspects of it as much as, uh, Wolverine Studios tries to make that impossible. Um... Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, I had a couple of questions talking more about like uh, head office related stuff. I think it was Zane asking how I found the time in, in head office so far. I think I kind of went over that. Um, yeah, it's been good. I, I think we've made some good changes. I think I think HO's on a pretty good path. I was here for the whole handover of the commissionership, which um, honestly was incredibly easy. Santi's did a really good job, um, and I'm glad it's been incredibly easy since I've only just now figured out from the SHL that that is not necessarily uh, something that always gets to happen, but... Um, I think Swante had slowly been taking over the role, the the uh, 
everything from Bex, even a little bit before the time that I joined head office. And so it was more of a gradual change in leadership than maybe was necessarily uh, shown to the public. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a good group of people that have been doing solid work in head office. Um, man, at this point, it's Darkness, Swanty, and Dude Man that are the only people that were in head office before me. And then Ems and I joined at the same time. I think so. Yeah, because Simon was later. Um, that's a little wild. I've been tenured for a little bit. I think uh, S33 was my third season being around the head office. I think I S31 was, I think, when I kind of jumped into stuff. Um, but it's been good. Um, like I've said, like fewer punishment issues than I maybe at the beginning might have thought could be the case. There have definitely been some points of tension, especially when uh, retention was really at the very beginning of taking a dip. I think this was the it was a little bit during S31 and then like the S31 to S32 off season. And then a little bit again, the S32 to S33 offseason. Um, I know there were some Kenneth's intentions from different community members on different levels. Um, you know, some people that just wanted to uh, let out long profanity-laden criticisms, if you can call it that, of head office and kind of name call and... Um, point fingers. Uh, and I think overall, the kind of cooler heads overall have, have won out on making the improvements where we can, making the improvements where we need to, um, changing where we need to and being willing to change, um, and owning a lot of mistakes that were made in seasons past and continuously trying to work closely with the GMs and with the department heads in a way where we help support what they're doing. And uh, ultimately that's, um, I really, I think one of the biggest things I've, I've really come to feel in head office is the amount of, kind of presence and sway over how the league is doing that the department heads and the regular job holders across the league really have. And when all that's really clicking um, and those people are doing their jobs well, I don't think HO really needs to step in a lot. Um, you know, they need to be there to to deal with, like, individual shitheadery um, and, like, individuals that want to do <laughs> really negative behaviors and, like, 
are just like, this is the only way that I can engage with this league is by being really negative and like being a big distraction to like the whole ordeal here. Uh, and we need to be there, you know, head office needs to be there to kind of slap, slap around and be the bad guy in, uh, in those scenarios where like, I don't know. I think, I think this community, the community in general, like the, uh, I think there, there are a lot of like groups that, um, are very hesitant to be exclusionary to negative presences. Um, or at least explicitly exclusionary. You know, you'll have players that like recreate and then nobody really wants to draft them or, you know, kind of gets cut or like their contract dries up and they don't get re-signed anywhere. Um, or just like this general like omission by inaction. But like, I, I don't know. I've seen some people's behavior around the league sometimes where if I was a GM, God willing, that never happens because I, I just don't think I'd be good for the job. Um, but still, I think the one thing that I would do as a GM or as a job head or in a lot of positions is like, just get rid of that person actively when they're being really negative um and or just like they're bigoted or something that like you know that i don't need um and it is hard sometimes as a member of head office to like have to take a relatively neutral stance um and not to be like hey, you said something racist, like, even though you tried to justify it in, you know, like, some cloaked thing, just gonna perma-ban you. I, man, I would love to just, like, every kind of, I'm, I'm really bad, like, I, I gotta have some of the other head office members to kind of hold me back on these things sometimes, but, like, for code of conduct violations, I'm always, like, yes, max, max punishment, and or can we perma-ban them for, like, harassing people on on other... I I'm not going to get into anything. <laughs> like, uh, I'm looking forward to the post-head office life where I could just kind of slam those people. Um, but as an official head office member, uh, I think it is important that I don't do that. Um, but I also, as a person, am like get these sons of individuals out of this league uh so yeah h has been really good so far um i hope i've made a positive impact overall in my tenure um i hope i brought in some kind of big ideas that that can help move things around over time um, I don't know. It's a big machine to uh, the ice fell is a big machine to move around, and um, as much as I want to make big sweeping changes in a lot of areas, I've seen how making pretty even like medium sized changes can have a lot of impact and have a lot of um pullback. 
or even like suggesting to do something large can can have a lot of can bring up a lot of issues um i can say this because i'm not dsflho and so like ultimately i don't get involved in this kind of decision making process i don't know that what they're really talking about it's up to them they're going to do what they want to do i think to a certain level i think you know there's maybe some some room for ho like isfl ho intervention but like i think the dsfl should contract i think that's where we are i think the ds i <laughs> i made a comment about this in like league leadership check that got a lot of people really angry about it um and i think i could have been better about wording it but like got a lot stronger reaction than i expected at all and was not meant to be like attacking people in any way but i said that like the whole purpose of dsfell is to like develop people players develop their players to be able to play at the isfell level and that demand and like the supply of players and the demand for like needing to um develop them that like number i'm using economics terms really horribly here but like that demand is elastic and like overall i think the size of the dsfl should be elastic to what we need um and i overall don't think that like having a large attachment to your dsfl team is healthy for the league overall um but that's a big issue that i don't have anything to really do about it this time and like is what going to be what it's going to be and um people that are way more involved and care way more about the dsfl than i do because i don't really care about the dsfl a lot um if really much at all um that's not to like invalidate the people that do and you know those people i i'd leave that decision to them that's the whole point of this is that like my opinion on it only ever means so much um so that's great one other question about head office is from crunk who wants to know you're made head commissioner after a tragic accident where do you hide smanty's body i would not be involved in this whatsoever i do i do not envy the commissionership position um, I think it's an incredibly difficult position, even above head office. And I think there's a lot of weight that's on that kind of position that I do not envy whatsoever. And thank you, Swanty, for taking that on for everyone. Um, uh, yeah, pivoting off of head office, talking about other stuff. Um, who was asking this? Was this unconfident? Confident was gonna uh, was asking if I am ever going to let somebody else have the Ultimus location, which like I feel like I haven't had a lot of Ultimus locations. I think I've I think I've gotten two of them. You know, let me look at like my graphics folder of like logos to see if I recognize a lot. I didn't. I wasn't involved in either of the ones last year. I don't think I pitched anything for last year. That was Seattle for the Ultimini, which I think was m like made up later because there wasn't a lot of submissions. And uh, Perth for the Ultimus. Um, and Perth was Timo. So I didn't do anything then. And I think I did Hong Kong before that. I want to say that that's true. Yeah, that was Ultimus 31. Um, and that was my first Ultimus that I won the bid for. I won a bid for the Ultimini in season 30, 
which was Amsterdam, which I still think should have won the whole the the Ultimus location because it's a great. Uh, you know, I think there were some improvements maybe to be made on the logo. Um, I, uh, I still think I liked my original logo more than where it ended up, but uh, overall, I think the logo is pretty solid, and I think the idea was pretty golden. Um, before that, I think the only other pitch I made before... 30 was the first host competition which i was really peeved that i lost and was really uh, a bit of a bitch about which imagine me well um i think that was uh yeah that was 28 ultimus 28 when i pitched arizona i still Look, and I fed into this because, like, that's what I need to do to, like, win uh, the votes, apparently, um, is, like, go for f- interesting international locations. Um, like, the three that I've gotten that have, like, won something have been uh, Amsterdam. Uh, why am I suddenly blanking on what I did? Uh, Hong Kong, <laughs> sorry, Amsterdam, Hong Kong, and uh, Seoul, Korea. Um, and so, like, those are kind of, you know, out there for for a location. Um, but like, I don't know. When I was initially thinking about, it, I was thinking a lot of the NFL and like, old like Super Bowl locations are generally uh by and large you know actual nfl teams stadiums um and so i thought it was really cool to have the first like host location for an ultimus be in arizona the team that won the first ultimus um and i really like the logo that i came up with still like that a lot and it was like it was just uh i was really uh really did not take not winning very well um but yeah i it took me a while to come up with an idea for this one um and so you know we're not getting too many submissions so i'll probably keep uh i'll probably keep up uh the work on trying to submit and it's good practice for kind of doing some more graphic design kind of uh, things rather than just like signature stuff. Um, so yeah, but I have no idea what I would do for location next year. It took me a long time to get to the idea of doing soul, which really wasn't even super inspired by anything. Um, just thought it'd be cool and liked the idea of like the palace as the logo I think I was looking through, like, the old Super Bowl logos and saw, like, the stadium or another, like, or one or two other, like, big architecture features being, like, making the silhouette for the logo. And so that, I thought that was really interesting. So um, maybe I'll do something like that again. Um, Could be interesting to do something like, um... oh, no. 
oh no i'm gonna forget the city um uh is it abu dhabi where the burj khalifa is um that's like an interesting building but also it's i guess in dubai um but like also i don't really want to support like the horrible architecture practices that go behind uh like the burj khalifa and some other buildings and like so yeah i'm thinking of like other interesting places that could you know you could do like egypt maybe and have like pyramids or something um i don't know if there are other like interesting skylines or stadiums or architectural features that like would be really maybe i'll i think i want to try to do something in the u.s i think that's what i want to do because like we've been very international um for a while and so maybe i'll do like st louis or something and do the i love the arch but it's kind of maybe a little bit of a boring silhouette i'll think about it if you have any ideas help me <laughs> um would love uh would love to hear some ideas that can help for like making a logo and uh and a pitch for next year for season 34 which will be ultimus xxxiv it's a bit of a it's a bit of a you really you got to get out of the like 30s and 40s they're like not what is what is what is ultimate 40 gonna be uh it's xl isn't it that's not too bad but it's it's once you get into xl v i i i that it becomes a bit of a nightmare um Yes, any ideas, appreciated, loved, understood, heard, sensory experiences. Um, would love to do something in the, in the in the US or even maybe Canada. Um, could be cool, could be interesting. I just know like um, it doesn't seem to be like people are very interested in doing places that already have an ISFL or DSFL team. So trying to think around that and try to think of places in the U.S. that have kind of iconic architecture or like symbols that can be transferred over. Maybe, maybe I could, I was going to say do something interesting with Kansas City, but like there's already, anyways, um, host locations. Yes. Good stuff. Been doing a lot of work to like standardize the assets for fields for ultimates and ultimating that's kind of taken my head in a little bit but um we've kind of got that set up which uh is good for the future which is nice um and feeling good about um everything we have to show for ultimates and ultimini this season i think i'm really happy with how mine came out uh, i think it's definitely the best like ultimus logo i've done so far for sure and uh, Timo's is also rather good. Timo's is going to make for a... Uh, uh, Timo's makes for a very good like midfield logo. Honestly, it makes for a good like sports team logo. And is really cool. Um, but yes, look forward to this Friday. 
Ultimus and Ultimini Mini going to be some uh, some cool stuff. Hopefully, um, should I talk about like the football of the year? The uh, how things are going? How much time are we in here? Thirty minutes? Yeah, I can I can do it quick. Um, I have been with Berlin this season. This is the first season and uh, last season uh, that I've been with Berlin. Um, no, like, shot to them on that. It's just, uh, was, uh, kind of always going to be a one-season thing. I wasn't sure if I was going to keep going for season 34, but it's looking like I am, in fact, going to do that. Um, Berlin really, uh, stuck in a much harder conference in the NSFC this season. You know, it com comes and goes, but, um, this season has really been the season of the NSFC being so head and shoulders above the ASFC, um, minus Arizona. Uh, yeah, it's tough to be nine. It's, it's, it's always tough to see your record and look over on the other column, the index and say, if we were in the ASFC, we'd be in the freaking playoffs. Um, which is just weird. Um, I think Honolulu and Austin and even New York fell short of maybe my expectations on them going into the season. Um, we get on the win totals. I don't think they're like too crazy far away from maybe what I would have thought. I don't know. Um, just a very, very competitive season, the NSFC. Um, I think I just, yeah, I, I feel like I'd expect maybe more of these teams to, um, to be a little bit more in the NFC to have a little bit more of like an even or even in the, I don't know what I'm saying at this point. Anyways, uh, Arizona is the top seed in the ASFC at 12 and four. Sarasota is the top seed in the NSFC with the same record. Um, no, just off the top of my head, no like insane offensive or defensive teams. Uh, Sarasota with 336 points against is pretty outstanding in general. Um, and uh, Arizona with 485 points for uh, is really solid. 518 points for, for uh, Chicago. Uh, I didn't realize they were really scoring. How were they scoring them? I'm not saying how were they, but like who was scoring those points is what I'm interested in. Um Because their running backs didn't seem to like account for too many. They had 18 touchdowns. Was uh, was Oles really hucking the touchdowns up? Oles has 38 touchdowns, which isn't insane. Maybe I'm going a little crazy. Um, yeah, Oles only had one rushing touchdown, so that makes like 19. That's not. That's not crazy. Did they kick the ball an absurd amount of times? Levitate had 31 field goals made, which is definitely the most out of the upper echelon tiers. Interesting. Interesting across the board. That's a lot of points for. Um, oh, am I? No, yeah, yeah. 518 is a lot of points for. Um, anyways. Uh... 
Orange County and Austin also qualifying in the ASFC. Orange County with a 9-7 record. Austin with an 8-8 eight eight record. Um, big surprise for Orange County, I think, this season. I was expecting them to be more on New Orleans level, who finished 3-13 and 13 at the bottom of the ASFC. Or, like, max, like, five or six wins like New York or San Jose. Um, but if other teams are, like, having a down year, somebody's got to have an up year. So um, Orange County has really capitalized on that. They have a 9-7 and seven record despite having a negative point differential by minus two. Um, so very interesting that they've been able to capitalize in um, a number of games while not necessarily kind of having a performance that really puts them in that upper tier. Um, like, uh, I don't know, just for example, like Austin with one fewer win than them has a... 40 a plus 40 point differential um although it looks like they have the third best point differential in the asfc so like I, it was kind of a regular occurrence for <laughs> for nsfc teams to be blowing out asfc teams from what i remember over the season uh qualifying in the nsfc outside of sarasota are baltimore and chicago um baltimore Having a very, uh, being the the kind of parallel to Orange County on the other side. Orange County has missed the playoffs since season 26. I don't remember the last time Baltimore was in the playoffs. They were 5-11 and 11 last year uh, and have been bottom of the NSFC basically since the, for the most part, since the sim switch. They were still towards the bottom of the NSFC in uh, in seasons 26 and 20 uh, 25 they were they were tied for third I don't remember who who made it in out of Chicago and Baltimore so it looks like Chicago made it in in season 25 and over Baltimore um, we can look at season 24. I remember Baltimore being one of the best teams when I joined the league uh, in that season 21. Which, funny enough, is the last time they made the playoffs. They were 9-4. Uh, and four. That's when we were still in 13 game seasons. Uh, and top of the NSFC in season 21. Um, and they were nearly top of the NSFC this season in season 33, but it has been. That, I think, might have been the longest playoff drought of any of the teams. I, uh, I would be interested to see if somebody would look at that. Um, with, with Philadelphia having kind of snapped a streak last season. And uh, I can't think of a really big streak outside of that. Orange County just snapping their streak, but theirs only went back to season 26. Um, Chicago was pretty bad for a while, but like they bounced back in season 25 even. Um, and I think had a couple of good seasons in there. Um, but yeah, Baltimore at 11 and 5 been a huge uh, kind of surprise story in the NSFC. Um, after picking up three really big free agents uh, in the last uh, season. Or in the uh, last offseason. And uh, Chicago. 10-6 and six for Chicago. 
um, just finishing ahead of this pack of Berlin, Colorado, and Chicago that were really battling it out towards the end of the season for that last playoff spot. Um, we have finished wildcard uh, wild weekend. Uh, wildcard Monday, I guess. Uh, today is the conference round. I guess it's not, it's technically like divisional round. Do we call it, we still call it wild card, which is interesting. Um, but, uh, yes, today is the conference championship for the ISFL season 33, uh, after a four point victory over the Copperheads, the Otters will face the Outlaws in Arizona. Um, how have those two teams matched up previously? Let's see. I, I remember from my time in Arizona, we either like destroyed Orange County or got upset by them, um, which was always an interesting experience. Um, Arizona and Orange County split their series. They played in season six and in season 16 with Arizona winning their home game and Orange County winning their home game. Orange County's being the first of those two at week 16. Uh, they beat Arizona 31 to 19, and then Arizona returned the favor 27 to 20 in week 16. Um, Arizona have one of the best scoring defenses and one of the best scoring offenses in the league. So I definitely would have them as the favorite over Arizona, who has the ninth ranked offense and the sixth ranked defense by points. Um, and while they did really good job running behind Zach Denozo, or I guess the artist formerly known as Zach Denozo, now known as Goat Tank Jr. And we do have a battle between rookie court. Actually, you know, of the four teams that we still have in the playoffs, three of those teams are led by rookie quarterbacks. That's really been the kind of story of the year is all of these rookie quarterbacks coming in and succeeding quite well. Uh, which has been really impressive. Um, but uh, mostly Goat Tank Jr. kind of running on the ground for Arizona. And if they can kind of slow down the pace and um, uh, and control the game, they can take it away. But um, we'll see. This, <laughs> this team reminds me a lot of like uh, season 20, whatever Blassoon, whatever Ramza took over for Armstrong. And uh, Nakamura was still being a beast on the ground uh, for Orange County uh, reminds me a lot of that. Um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a ragtag group of receivers in Orange County from what I remember. Um, I could kind of look at their roster here to kind of get a better picture of, and not just talking to my butt. Uh, yeah, Holloway is old and um, they've got Vicane kind of pulling through pretty well for them. Um, but concerning a little bit in the kind of receiver category, I don't know if they have... Um, yeah, they don't even have a tight end, really, that's doing a lot. Did uh, Ken Oath switch to receiver? Because that uh, would be interesting. Uh, yeah, Ken Oath switched to receiver. Um, there's a problem with the tracker, not really understanding that, but, um, Kenoth has switched to receiver, uh, and can kind of be the future of that position. So that's interesting. Um, 
and they've got the new fullback Gus Bus working his uh, working his stuff down there. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, they have a pretty okay offensive line, a solid defensive line. So many defensive players called up on the defensive line. That's very interesting. Um, they have five defensive linemen on the tracker listed as playing for them. So interesting way to do it. Um, their secondary is still rather good, rather solid. Um, not a lot of standouts, but like apparently Richard Leaking has had a, a fairly good season at his, uh, thousand and a half. That's not what I meant. Thousand fifty ish TP mark right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of keep this level of success next season. It doesn't look like the ro- there are definitely some issues with the roster, but you know, there's issues with any roster in the, in the league. Um, Arizona, I thought were more of maybe an ascending team than a team that could dominate the level they have so far. Um, but you know, Wendell Sailor's at 840 TPE. That's not like low. Um, they've got a really good running back with the uh, Q back in Arizona. They've made do with a lot of solid, if not quite amazing receivers by TPE numbers. Definitely, I think, an issue to keep looking at um, in the draft. I don't know if they picked anybody up at last draft, but um, Pama and Ramon are going to continue to age pretty quickly. Um, they've got stags kind of on the rise, but like, uh, yeah, be interesting to see how they can develop that po- uh, that position in the long term. Um, Still got a really solid defensive line. Um, don't need too much TP at that um, in that group. Uh, linebackers need a little bit of rebuilding with um, Gaz on his way, kind of down in TP. Uh, they've got T Bone, who they had joined, who's done a pretty good job of of racking up a little bit of uh, of TP on there. And uh, really good secondary outside of outside of needing a safety to kind of keep building. Solas looks like he's got pretty good TPE for his uh, his uh, season. So, um, cool. Yeah, I'd put that in uh, in Arizona's favor. Uh, Sarasota also a team that I didn't think would necessarily be able to compete at the level that they have been right out of the gates with their rookie quarterback but they've done quite well uh with carter knight um they haven't run the ball like as crazy much as i i thought they might with uh huntsman um they haven't done too much on offense from what i could see really it's just this defense going uh going to bit bananas. They're going to be really tested by Baltimore. Um, who has, you know, but 
they didn't put up the most gaudy numbers that some people might have thought that they'd be able to. But, like, they still have a lot of talent on the offensive side. Two thousand plus running backs, three thousand plus receivers, a thousand plus quarterback. Um, a thousand plus tight end and a 600 TPE tight end. You got too many players, honestly. This looks like a, a roster in S28 or something, not S S33. Um, Baltimore a little bit weaker in the back end, uh, though they do have you know a really solid secondary and really good uh, defensive line. Maybe a little bit soft in the uh, linebacker space, just compared to some other top teams. Um, but a tough team overall. Maybe the best way you can kind of take advantage of them is uh, slow them down and force them to kick the ball. Not a lot of TPE in the kicker position. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, you're looking at the TPE alone, you'd maybe think that the uh, um, a, a big area maybe like Sarasota has advantages in would be like the offensive line, the linebackers. Um, but that's really just about it that they really have a TPE advantage in. Uh, maybe they've just been able to scheme around these players better and play around that offensive line and like slow things down um, and let their defense kind of cook. Um, who knows? Going to be a good matchup. I think it could go either way. Would tip the balance maybe for Sarasota because of the home field. But honestly, like looking at the TPE levels, maybe you'd put it for Baltimore. If you look at maybe how they've been able to strategize around the team, maybe maybe both or maybe Sarasota has an advantage there. Who knows? Um, I think I did in my predictions grab Baltimore, sorry, uh, Sarasota and uh, Arizona to go to the Ultimus, which would be a season thirty rematch, uh, which could be interesting. Uh, still definitely rooting for those S. Or for this. <laughs> Went delirious there for a second. Uh, still definitely rooting for the uh, for the Arizona guys to, 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 to make it. Would be a little sad that I wouldn't be able to be with them, but... Um, Ultimus Ho! This Friday. Uh, we'll see how those matches go tonight, and um, hopefully a great matchup for the big game. Um, let's see these last few questions that I have and get through those before I peace out. Um... Uh, Krunk asked, do you find a time machine and get the opportunity to talk to a younger Quest just before his ISFL draft? What advice do you give him slash you? Um, I think... I think I did pretty well as far as, like, communicating what I was interested in. I think maybe... You know, I, I think I did a good job of, like, my path in the, in the early NSFL then. Um... I think I maybe would have told myself, like, don't get into DSFL jamming because it's, like, not really your vibe and is maybe going to put too much stress on you because, like, your co is not going to do much of anything. But, like, I also learned some valuable lessons in that. And, like, maybe that was overall still good for me. Um, I maybe would have told myself, like, definitely make sure you have a player option and that, like, 
you communicate well with management and your GMs and like value yourself and like are okay with wanting to make sure that you're valued by like your team. Um, but that's, uh, I think that's really all that I had would have to say for that. I think, um, if I was talking to somebody I didn't know was me, I'd, I'd, you know, say the things that like I've said to other rookies that I think, um, made my experience in the ISFL really successful, which is like, try everything. Um, I've enjoyed the stuff I've done in written media. I've enjoyed a lot of the stuff I've done for graphics. I really enjoy the stuff I've done for podcasts. Um, and I think if I, you know, stuck to one of those, I wouldn't have had the experiences that I've had um, getting involved with all of that. Um, look out for league jobs, see what's there that you could be interested in. There's a league job for everybody, especially if like that's how you want to earn money. It's a really solid way to earn money and also like contribute to the community in a really positive way. Um, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um I believe it was uh, Zane, or uh, Zan rather, asking as your first Icefell player career winds down, it's been, I, I didn't even make a fuss about this. Uh, today is February 16th of 2022. It is uh, the day of my two-year anniversary in the league. I uh, registered onto the site on February 16th. Um, and yeah, I've been hanging out for two years and that's the i think one of the biggest reasons why i wanted to go ahead and do another questionable show um just to kind of commemorate the uh the event of it um but it's two years and i've been on the same player still on tatsu nakamura who i created um i'm glad that i kind of chose that kind of name and identity and overall and like put some time into considering that because like if i was if I created as something like a, uh, and everybody has their own, like what they want and like, what's interesting to them. But if I had created as like a random key and peel sketch name or something, I think that would have been really annoying to like for this big, really great first player career that I've had for it to be something like that. I think I would have looked back really badly on, on the decision to make that kind of decision or uh, like name choice. Um, but really happy with, uh, Nakamura, uh, getting back to Zan's question as your first ISFL player career winds down, you have had a pretty, pretty obvious hall of fame career. Is there anything you wish you would have done differently at all? Um, I think to not beat around the bush about it, I think I might've left orange County a season or two earlier. Um, I maybe instead of extending that first time I did would have considered free agency um, and seen what was around there. Um, I, I'm just thinking purely like player career wise. I think I'm pretty happy with like how I've handled things personally overall um, with like other people in the league and other stuff that I've done. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that would have, it would have been interesting because I don't know if that would have led me to Arizona which I overall like 
in the terms of my career view as um nakamura's like team um if like if you were going to associate one team with or with nakamura with one team you'd associate with him him with arizona which is something i didn't predict early on in the career at all um so i think i would have done that um maybe maybe i would have left arizona earlier although that's tough to say you know maybe i hop over to some of the teams i was because i was a free agent two years before i or two seasons before i did actually end up leaving arizona i believe and uh, was really strongly considering uh, a couple of other, I think, New Orleans and um, Yellowknife and maybe Berlin even at that time as well. And so maybe I leave Arizona a little bit earlier, though I like, you know, if Arizona wins a championship in those two years, do I say that same thing? Ab- same thing? Absolutely not. And I think Arizona was 100% the best team I could have been on to have the best chance to win a championship um 100% I wouldn't doubt that at all um and it's kind of a bummer that I haven't you know I, I think that's like the big thing missing from Nakamura's career which is kind of sad um is just that he has never won a championship not in the DSFL not in the ISFL not even in the uh <laughs> in the WFC or whatever um just uh yeah haven't won anything as far as uh, a ring or anything um so I, if i would say like there's a regret but like i don't think there's really much else i could do to put myself in a better position to win a championship um so it's it's pretty crazy that i haven't to this point um not to get too much on the like I was robbed, other teams are bad, lol, um, thing. But, like, I don't think there's anything I could have done for Nakamura's career outside of maybe one or two, like, small decisions on one or two seasons uh, that would have given him a better chance to get to a championship. And the decisions that I did make in kind of the main body of my career are what um, have helped Nakamura have such an amazing player career. Um, cool, cool, cool. What's the difference in locker room cultures between the teams you played for? This is another, uh, the last of Zan's questions, um, which is, is definitely interesting. I've been on, uh, count the DSVL, it's, I've been on four teams as a player now, um, probably coming up on five with season 34, um, Portland was very interesting. It was it was with a lot of these S22 guys, and it was really high energy, uh, and it was really cool. Um, Orange County was... Uh, I had a lot of positivity coming into there, um, but, like, it was kind of a drop-off of, like, this energy and excitement around, like, the S22 class, and, like feeling a, a lot of closeness with a lot of those players in the S22 class that kind of dissipated upon moving to Orange County. 
And maybe that's part of why I kind of stuck around and did so much in the DSL with Portland. Um, I'm just because I'm the only person I think that remains active in the S22 class that Orange County drafted. Um, you know, they had some players like Blissoon and uh, Mori who were S22 players, but they were brought onto the team through free agency. Um, several seasons into the time that I was already with the team. Um, so it was kind of tough to lose some of that energy. Um, I really enjoyed getting to talk and hang out with a lot of the players that were there earlier in the stages of uh, my OCO career. People like uh, Laser and Rev, the GMs, and Jeffy and Rapid. Um, and Alex D, um, lots of good guys there in the beginning. Um, I think that locker room took a big shift. Oh, and Moonlight, I, I didn't say Moonlight, which is a, a crying shame that I didn't. Uh, Moonlight was the best homie from the uh, Orange County locker room. Um, the that locker room, especially as it kind of. The team focused a lot on free agency, and um, Jeffy was uh, the newer GM, bringing in a lot of players. Um, it kind of shifted towards becoming a little bit more SHL interested. You know, we had a lot of people that spent a lot of time in these SHL, like Fishy and Lime and uh, Jeffy and um, just a lot of people that like were probably like really shl mains um rather than isfl mains um so it, it took a really weird turn where like I, I don't know um i think it was good for you know the people that were there and were really interested in that kind of conversation but like i kind of fell off of really being able to engage with the general locker room in there um, and then there's an interesting wave of us getting these other ISFL guys like Blaz and Roddy and Mori um, and bringing those guys in who started to take immediate roles and, you know, kind of pushing into leadership even. Um, I didn't join the war room in OCO until maybe three seasons into my time there. Uh, despite being invited to a couple of times just because I wanted to focus on what I was doing in the DSFL and didn't like want to commit to like helping scout or whatever in the OCO locker room uh, or for the OCO war room. Um, and then I kind of joined then and like, I don't know, I think I struck, I, I struggled during that time to like have my voice be heard in the OCO war room for some time. Um, and there were a lot of issues going on with the team at that point, um, between me and the team at that point. Um, and so I got kind of disconnected at that point and then uh, ended up leaving through a trade to Arizona, which was a big surprise to me because um, there was a huge OCO versus Arizona rivalry at that point, and a lot of shit being flung between the two teams. Um, and I certainly was not... Uh, certainly was not necessarily something that like I stayed out of. I, you know, I did plenty of shit hurling at the Arizona guys. 
Uh, and fair enough when, like, Zamir is the face of your franchise, but, like, um, I've had so much respect for everything that Z-Wiz and Krunk have done for that team. It's been really huge, uh, what they, how they've been able to transform that franchise, and uh, it's a really good group of uh, people over there. Um, it helped to have people like Zeagle that I knew already, um, and that had already formed a good relationship with Z-Wiz and Krunk through the kind of process of exploring trade options. Um, so that was a good introduction to the team over there, um, in Arizona, and I'm still really kind of close with that locker room in general. Q is really great. It's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a really, you know, it kind of comes in waves sometimes, but it's a good place to chat. Arizona is still probably my main locker room, even after a season in, uh, away in Berlin. Um, but yeah, Arizona is really solid, just a good group of guys kind of chatting and uh, talking about whatever and there's a lot of like miscellaneous sports talk that I kind of don't get a chance to get into it's a great place to be if you're really into like f1 or like premier league or like um some other discussions that that are had that are really cool and fun um good place good place to hang out um I've had a lot of fun in Arizona um Berlin it's hard to say um, I, I think there's a lot to tell about a team's culture still by like being in the war room. I was never in the war room in Berlin, which is fine. It's whatever. Um, I'm just here for a season. So like, um, Berlin has definitely been less active than Arizona. Uh, and maybe part of that is me really still kind of mostly just paying attention to Arizona over Berlin just cause I have a much better relationship with uh, the guys in Arizona at this point, but um, enjoy DeWalt, enjoy Laser, you know, both good guys. Um, and uh, they seem to have a pretty, you know, solid group of, of uh, people over there. So, um, uh, yeah, not much to say about the locker room culture in Berlin. Just haven't had a lot of um, time to like experience it and have much to say about it. Um, Krunk wants me to uh, rank the GMs I have played under f during my player career, which is rude and mean. Um... I would definitely put, I'm just going to put Z-Wiz and Krunk at the top of that in like a co-spot. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick between the two. That's tough for you two. Sucks to suck. Um, after that, I'm going to put Laser because I, he GM'd for me two different times with uh, Orange County and Berlin. Um and uh was a big reason why i was drafted to oco and had a lot of good conversations with him early on um i'm gonna put rev after that revolution of five who drafted me to orange county along with laser uh and then i'll put like i think i'll put jeffy after that um was also my gm in orange county i don't think i had any other gms in orange county i think i left before laser stepped down um and I can't really count Blassoon since he was really only GM for long enough to like be part of just be part of the process of me getting traded away. Um, and then I'll put DeWalt, who is only down at the bottom because I've 
only interacted with him as my GM for one season. Um, but I love DeWalt and had a, have a lot of uh, have had a lot of good interactions with DeWalt since uh, my early time in the league. Um, and so yeah, he forced me to do it. So there it is. Um, what's the plan after Tatsu? Is the last question as we are approaching the hour and ten mark. That is uh, a question from Unconfident um, sixty nine, who is also kind enough to. Uh, Give me questions. Um, the plan after Tatsu is to recreate. Um, I will uh, probably be recreating at the S34 trade deadline. Most likely the um, the scenario. I've considered taking a season off, and I might still consider it. Uh, maybe it'd be good to like be away from the website for a few months and then come back fresh. Um, but we'll see about that. Um, will be interesting. Um, I will. I don't think there's any way I don't recreate. Um, I'm just uh, still kind of debating exactly what position that would be. I've considered making a running back again. It's kind of hard when you've like done running back as hard as I have and like done it as well as I have with Nakamura to like do it again. Um, but I love the position and I love watching it on stream. So I could consider that. Um, other than that, it's like tight end wide receiver quarterback that I'm considering quarterback is just so hard to like do. And I don't know if I want to spend that much time in the DSFL. Um, and so that might be the big reasons why I don't go quarterback. Um, so it's probably a tight end or a wide receiver. Got a few considerations for names, uh, that I'm still working through. Um, but yeah, expect that in the S34 or S35 trade deadlines for the next uh, quest grade to come through and, uh, we'll see about it then. Um, for, th for now, I, uh, Hey, I need to sign with a team for S34, which I've narrowed down to a couple of options, uh, which thankfully still want my bummy 250 TPS. Um, so that is going to be fun. It's going to be a new team from the three I've played for in the ISFL, so that'll be interesting. Um, and yeah, that'll be fun. I uh, look forward to that in the next season. And uh, awesome, it's been good to it's been good to talk to the to the computer for an hour again. I've uh, I've kind of missed getting to have this experience. Hope you've enjoyed uh, the podcast. If you've stuck through here to the end, uh, yeah, appreciate you listening. Um, as always, if, uh, you have any points of conversation that you want to drop in the comments to this, uh, post on the forums or talk about in any, uh, kind of, uh, discord space, I will absolutely respond to anything. And like I said earlier, if you have, uh, ideas for an ultimate location that like, maybe you don't have the chops necessarily you think to like do it yourself more than happy to work with you on that. Would love to hear what that idea is, work with you, or like just take that and run with it from you. Uh, it could be fun. Uh, that's it for me for now. So I will uh, let you go here. Uh, thanks again for listening and stay questionable.